As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. folks welcome into on to waveland it's the cubs podcast here at the athletic i am brett taylor joined by sahad sharma and patrick mooney we are here to talk about the cubs and i am here to remind myself that no matter how things look it can always get worse so i will remember that for myself and for you folks which i speak backward looking and forward looking that uh you could regard this weekend's sweep in Arizona as the manifestation of things can always get worse or a prelude to a further disaster with things even getting worse from here. Uh, Okay. So how do we want to talk about this? I think folks listening probably already know that while it is certainly true especially mathematically true cubs can still make the playoffs all all good things can happen from here but i i just don't think you could be paying attention at all to this past series and the seven games that preceded it and not feel something of an inflection point um not that it's that the season has sunk uh because again we've seen times we've we've had conversations on this very podcast about like well it kind of feels like now this is the the switch has flipped you know i I remember a a series in anaheim when it was like okay time to time to start uh, to get the cell underway and of course they they turned it around and i don't want to act as if i know that that's not going to happen this time but but if i look at that as an example that Anaheim series was still meaningful. There was still change after it because everybody had that same feeling. Like we weren't on an island and being like, you know, this is bad. Because didn't they have like they had like a team meeting? And I mean, the the perception was internal and external. And I just 
there's no way that's not the case after this series in Arizona, because as we talked about on the last episode, you could have talked about the series in Colorado as just one of those things. You know, it's just as whatever it happens. Coors is weird. You know, maybe this could have gone this way, that way. And the, the Diamondback series that preceded it had two coin flip games, you know, whatever it was. It was easy enough to have a story if this series against the Diamondbacks in Arizona had gone better, but it was a disaster. And I think that that has to now be discussed in context uh, with this entire 10 game stretch. Yeah, I think you can look at this road trip and say there are two games that stand out, right? And if you win those two games, uh, you're not feeling great about things, but you're feeling so much better, right? It's the Tuesday game with all the base running mistakes in Colorado and Saturday night in Arizona, that marathon extra inning game. Um, I think Cubs fans, it's funny. We like you talk about the connected history of the Cubs and the Red Sox, right? The Red Sox, when, when they were before they won it all, it was a bunch of like these, these moments, these crushing playoff moments, right? The Cubs, it was just like years of ineptitude. It, not, they, there were no crushing playoff moments because they didn't get there. Right? So this, this feeling that's happening right now is, is kind of foreign to Cubs fans because I mean, just I was I was thinking about this probably in most of our lifetimes, counting the '80s, which I don't remember well, but it, I'm pretty sure it's 2001, maybe if you want to count it. Uh, I don't really count it, but it's really 2004 and 2019 where the team was in the playoffs in the middle of September and collapsed. Right, the, like those are the years that you point to, at, like for Cubs fans, people that follow the Cubs. Where it's just like, wow, this was a, this was a mess. No playoffs, and they were in perfect position to do that, and maybe even do some damage. I don't know if you'd count this year as as doing some damage, but it, it would have been nice to get there. And I, I don't want to talk about it like it's over, uh, because a tiny bit of optimism here. Blue Jays fans were talking about it as if it were over on Thursday night. And and they just swept the Red Sox and they're back in the playoffs and feeling good. So you just need to get hot again. There's two weeks left, but there's there's a lot of things that just you look at and and you're wondering how do you overcome this? Candelario's injured, right? Uh, Alzali and Fulmer on the IL. The bullpen, others have to step up. They really haven't. I, I mentioned how I was a little concerned about the starters, the uh, the young guys and Assad and Wicks. They both look a little rough right now. I, you know, Wicks. I don't want to say that start was rough, but when you're, when you are where the Cubs were, at that point, uh, coming into last night's game, coming going down three zero immediately is just the worst possible thing to happen. He did a great job bouncing back and keeping them in that game, but not scoring in that first inning when they should have scored, and then doing and then immediately allowing three runs. It's like everything is going wrong. Cody Bellinger is cold. Justin probably, Steele just had his worst start. Probably should have, probably should have fielded the best possible defense behind Wicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I, I mean, just throwing that out there. It, I mean, just a quick thing on that. I, I'll, I'll say I'm this. being I'm being somewhat cheeky. I, I I'm don't being somewhat cheeky, but I, not entirely cheeky. I don't disagree. Outside of the fact that when you're in a situation where the Cubs are with their offense, right? And and you see the at bats that Pete Crow Armstrong had at first. It's really hard to say. Do like, I need to? I'm, 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 I'm do just, I need to write I, down Talkman's numbers over the last month and a half? Because they're go, shit. Watch his at bats, 
and tell me that they're not significantly I, yes, I know. better he, he still looks, than Pete Crow right. Armstrong, who he, looks like he cannot catch up to a fat. I'm not saying this is who he will be. Eight at bat, eight just, at bats. I know, but how I know do you do that in the I know you're of, not saying. How do you do that? How do you do that in the middle of a playoff where you say, oh, I'll give him because more time Because it's dog to shit in. otherwise. It's, it, like, but it's what not. The those are better at bats. Of try, those are better I've at tried bats. nothing, and I'm out of ideas. I. That's what it is. Those are just obviously better at bats by Michael Talkman. I know the results aren't there, but they're obviously better at bats. I think the defense Even if that's may true, counteract that. The defense that. outweighs yeah. like I think the defense may are. counteract that, but this I is a, just, this is a separate point yeah. and and yes, not and I'm really not even, the reason to be clear they lost. to our friends they're losing for other reasons. Are, yeah, buzzing in their ears. I'm not even yelling at Sahadi because it's yeah, not I get it. he is presenting he he is correctly presenting. What it's just the, really hard to put him out there when this when yes, what's I get happening it. is I totally happening. Get it. I I don't disagree with fans who want to see him out there, but I understand the thought process behind it. Uh, also, it's just bigger than that. It's just bigger. They're like Bellinger needs to step up. Steele can't have that outing. The bullpen guys need to step up. That with other guys down, Quas and and Palencia primarily. Like they just. That there's not enough people stepping up when when guys are are not like you can't blame Bellinger for a bad week because he's had monster season and stepped up all season long. So because yeah, did he have moments where he needed to get a big hit and failed with the bases loaded and stuff like that? Absolutely, but it can't be put on him right now. Other, it's time for other guys to step up and carry when he's going through a little bit of a moment. So like the, nobody's stepping up, nobody's coming up with a big hit, nobody's pitching, getting that shutdown inning. Uh, the extra inning games was just like every single moment was just like what the hell is happening here half the time it, like it's it, it's it's one of these like you said it's an inflection point let's see if they can reset they've done it all season long i, I don't think any of us have a very good feeling about where this is going yeah i mean 2023 if they don't make the playoffs is going to be up there it won't be as bad as 04 or whatever 1969 but it will be the defining stretch of the season. And, you know, I'm just doing a little quick math here. I know everyone, it felt like the Phillies snuck into the playoffs last year. And they did after getting swept at Wrigley, but they still won 87 games. And, like, for the Cubs to get there, they'd have to go 9-3 and three to get that last wild card. And, as you pointed out, Brett, they don't have the tiebreaker over, like, any of these teams except for the Giants, who are, you know, kind of, fading anyway and so I did like your Red Sox comp as well Sahade because while I don't think like this is a jobs are on the line type thing but there's still like massive ramifications when you fail this spectacularly at the most important time of the year you have to wear it for the entire offseason one uh, reading all those kind of analysis pieces on Heim Bloom's tenure you're like what are they reference like where you finish in the standings how many times you make the playoffs or not and you know david ross was on the verge of going from you know really admirable job in 2020 winning division title and kind of overseeing this transition with while playing a bad hand and then making the playoffs this year would be an enormous accomplishment and it's something that jed hoyer who would be heading into year four of a five-year contract next year could hang his hat on hey we made the playoffs and cody bellinger has already made himself a lot of money but he could make even more with a huge October. I mean, Justin Steele wants to win a Cy Young Award and, like, take that into arbitration for the first time. Like, there's a ton riding on this. So I, I think the idea of, like, oh, well, I mean, they were only supposed to win 70-something games anyway. I was like, no, that that's old news. Like, you have to look at what is right in front of you right now. And I don't have a whole lot of hope. Yeah, we can discuss yeah, that in the offseason. there's not a whole lot of, like... Right. Um, yeah. 
hope right now watching this team. And, you know, I get why the Cubs and, you know, us at times, too, were saying, well, this team is probably better than the record indicates, right? Like we're going back to June. Like there are, you know, moves they can make. There are things they can move around. There are, you know, metrics that suggest, you know, underneath this there's probably a better team. But I think watching this team recently, it's like, oh, no, they're, they're actually worse than they are. Like they're, you know, they went all, yeah, the way all it looks out. Now, I agree to win two of their last 10 games. And that's clearly not good enough. And it's not like it's all their fault. You know, it's not like we're entirely making a value judgment on this was, you know, this was obviously a mistake. This guy obviously stunk. This guy, you know, it's more, uh, it's certainly more layered than that. And there will be time to unpack that in the future. But I think the point for today that I just could not, more strongly agree with you guys is that I I had visions of the end of season press conference. Okay. And I hope that they are wrong, but it's, it's where the Cubs have missed the playoffs by a game or two. They have outplayed. I put up the old air quotes there outplayed their preseason projections. And a lot of the commentary we hear coming from the front office and from maybe David Ross himself is, Hey, you know, we did better than we were expected. Like this is, you know, what were, what, what were you thinking this year was going to be? I, you know, I remember us saying, you know, in, in March, all we want is a competitive September, right? We want to be in the, in the race in September and that'd be a win. And it just churns my stomach to think about that stuff because it ignores the reality of where they really were. And it, it's not as if, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, maybe in memory three, four, five years from now, cause that's all these things are right they're just memories of stories that we get to kick around in the years ahead maybe we will say oh you know that was a fun year there's a lot of fun stuff and they did better than they you know expected i doubt it i think it's more likely it's going to be held up like 2004 and 2019 unfair or otherwise but i think that um i i just it it makes me feel very ill to think about where the cubs were 10 games ago which is four games up for the second wild card and two and a half out in the division um, to fall from there to entirely out of a postseason spot, which they are as of now, I, I've seen a lot of people saying that they're tied with the Marlins for the last spot. Well, they're not because the Marlins have the tiebreaker. So the Cubs are out as of right now, they are out of the playoffs to do that in 10 games to fall behind. I think four other teams um, that swiftly is, is hard to do. You have to lose a lot of games in a short window of time and you, to do it, this late in the year is it's going to be impossible for that not to be uh, at least a subheading on the 2023 season. And I, it, it makes me sad for a lot of the players and a lot of the people who've done well this year, but that's, I don't know. I don't know another way around it. Like that's, that is how this is going to have to be discussed pending what happens in the next two weeks. Right. I mean, it, we have to keep saying that, right? I, I like I said, I don't think any of us are feeling positive right now, but we've we've all felt ne- very negative about this team over the course of the year, and and they've turned things around and looked better. L- like you said, losing that four game lead and and being where they are now in a span of whatever ten games is is incredible. But so is the fact that they got into this wild card race at all, right? In this, how quickly they did, right? It was a pretty quick time where we were only talking about the division, and then suddenly they're like solidly in this wild card like in taking control almost uh it's it's 
<laughs> I mean, uh, some of the like uh, I think you can dismiss some of the early games, and now uh, I think Patrick said it perfectly because I was watching that entire series in Arizona and, and like even Colorado, and I was like, they're just they don't look like a good team right now. They don't like this isn't this isn't the we, we we talked about it so much, but missed opportunity against the Marlins early in the year, and now that's really biting them, right? They never looked this bad when they were losing those one-run games, losing this clo- those close games. I always felt like uh, it's mere. It's all it is is the big hit. If they just got the big hit and could, even though the bullpen gave up a run or two, it was like so low scoring. It was like this really is the offense just needs to come up with a big hit. That's not the case right now. Now it's like everything that's going wrong is it's not going wrong to the extent where they're losing twelve three. But it's going wrong to the extent that they just they're not climbing out of a hole or they're not coming up with a big hit or they're not getting, you know, coming through it in moments defensively when they need to. Uh, it seems like every play that's being made is being made by the other team. Right. There were uh, in the extra inning games, I felt like I felt like there was like four balls that they hit down the line that the first base or third baseman like just snagged and really like. Oh wow, that was oh I thought that was going to be a double. Oh no, that's an easy out. Like so, you, like a rally that started or a rally that didn't even get going was snuffed because of you know just a bounce here and there. And I'm not saying they're playing. They again, had- they're not playing well enough for those th- to overcome those things. Is the thing? It's like you may have a bounce here and there that helps you out and lets you win a game, but they're just not even. They're not creating enough of those, so it it, it bare, like. But I did notice that, especially in that extra inning game, it seemed like, oh man, they they're just not not one single thing is going to go their way today, huh? And and that that's how uh, that's how it went, and and they didn't play well enough to overcome those. Uh, yeah, you know, there's something I said last week, and I just looked it up. They have five home runs this month with men on base. Five. That's it. Like that's that's not acceptable. Like you you have to slug, you have to knock guys in. I think they had, I think this week they had like not very many home runs in in hitters ballparks. I know, I know, uh, I know Arizona is in a great home run ballpark, but you need to get extra bases there. I don't think they had very many extra bases with men on base. They had they had two extra base hits all uh, over the two series that's it like you're not going to win games when that happens you have to knock these guys in like they just it, it it's a problem uh starting pitching wasn't good enough I, I don't think they got a quality start this uh this road trip uh and the bullpen guys just aren't stepping up so there's there's a lot of little things one one small thing brett it, it doesn't matter but mike talkman wasn't the issue he had a 14 percent walk rate this road trip uh he he got up like he got on base over 400 i know the defense matters but he was he was putting up good at bats he had a like a 115 way to run straight at plus like that wasn't the reason they lost they lost because they're not hitting listen i don't want base. this to turn into like <laughs> I, that i'm shitting all over mike talkman because i think he's his overall body of work this year has been fantastic and it's it was I, I quite a fine quite is, an effort but, however first of all you can't yada yada over the defense because the if if we were setting up a discussion about whether it was a good decision to have him playing in center field or PCA in center field. It wasn't just that PCA is like, oh, he's better. No, Togman was affirmatively bad. Yeah, there were they're... several plays that were affirmatively bad out there in ballparks, specifically Chase. That's a tough, huge center field. 
like it was not a small decision that difference between those two and offensively i mean I'll have to kick it to, to Patrick to buy me some time while I pull up fan graphs, but I do believe his overall performance, you, you'd have to really play with the endpoints to find a it's good the, it's just the road stretch. Trip. That's all but I'm I, talking about. I could be wrong. It's just the road look, trip. Oh, I'll look. Oh, I'll look at the road trip. <laughs> Patrick's going to gonna cover me with some, some good thoughts, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you, and I could be wrong. I'll be, I'll be wrong I'll live on this right podcast. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> what well, stood out to me, I thought Ed, Eduardo Perez did a great job jumping on it last night. Like Christopher Morel with the bases loaded, runs out of the base pass. Like Christopher Morel is a wonderfully talented, exciting young player, but this is almost the end of his second Killed full him. season in the big leagues. I mean, we're talking about September eighteenth, was September seventeenth yesterday when this happens. Like, you know, as Perez said you run over that second baseman or you kind of give yourself up. You can't just run out of the base pass and give, give him this easy double play with the bases loaded. And that's like yep. a little thing that I would actually, like that's the type of thing that in my mind is what the subtext to what David Ross is saying about a lot of this stuff when he says, I want a veteran at bat or like, you know, just calm out there. Like you've, David Ross talks about, I know what winning looks like. I've been on World Series teams. Jed Hoyer has constructed World Series winning teams. So, Brett, I do think they'll have to put on some happy spin if they don't make the playoffs. But I do think there's going to be a lot of frustration and anger. Like, I don't think they're going to, like, if they're eliminated, say, the second to last day of the season in Milwaukee, and then if Jed does his press conference at Wrigley a couple days later, like, I don't think there's a whole lot of happy spin to put on this. Like, certainly there are things that you can legitimately point out uh, as positive developments, and that's not, like, gaslighting people. But, like, I I go back to, you know, um, Alex Cora was asked about, you know, the idea of, oh, Bloom not being able to see things through. And he was just like, he didn't really bite on that question. At least that's the soundbite that I saw. He's like, well, this is a really tough business. It's hard on us. It's hard on our families. It's hard on the players. And you have to get results. And... I do think the Cubs are feeling that right now. I mean, this is a, I guess all teams scapegoat coaches, but the Cubs sure like doing that. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but like, (laughs) these are the type of thoughts that creep in. And like, we can, you know, debate Talkman versus PCA and we'll never really know the answer, but it is weird, right? Like, so there's gotta be people who work for the Cubs who are not in uniform. Like, why did we bring up PCA if we're not gonna play him, right? Or like, there are so probably coaches who are like, are you kidding me? Like. This guy is not ready to hit major league fastball. You know what I mean? So like a collapse like this just opens up so many doors that the Cubs would rather not go through. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Um, 
just to put a postscript on the the Talkman thing. I just, I'm I'm gonna get angry letters from people that I'm like the world's leading Mike Talkman hater, which is I mean the dude not accurate. Save the season champion. Like. Champ- I was championing his cause at midseason, but I just I did want to note where where I was coming from, which is that Sahadev is correct over the course of this road trip, slightly above average offensively. However, if you widen the lens to just a month, just one month, yeah, he's been rough. About a about a fifty three weighted runs created plus. That's unplayable. That's Tucker Barnhart. I'd still say the it, the bats are so much better than what Pete like. He did nothing but it doesn't in his at-bats. Ma- it doesn't Those matter. The, some of the worst at-bats I've seen this season, and I know he's a rookie, but you cannot no. do that in September. Now I now I can't let this... They were just I bad at-bats. He can't catch up it's to a 95 not true. They were the, bad at-bats. I'm that's sorry. That's bullshit. He took a really nice walk. <laughs> one walk. When, one of his few plate appearances. He's had 10 plate appearances. He's had 10 plate appearances. Yeah. Like, I get and that four they, strikeouts. he got owned... He got owned at the top of the zone by some very nice four-seamers. By the way, not alone. Not alone in that series right, in Arizona. They were I, I give up. Eaten alive. I'm just saying you cannot eat alive. I understand by, not playing that person during the during the playoff race, but I agree with Patrick in the sense that there are people in this front office likely like, what the hell are we doing not playing our best center fielder? And it's a valid argument. I'm just saying those at-bats were really tough to say, like, yeah, I can put this guy in the starting lineup when our offense isn't coming up with a big hit in a, in 10 days. This is the guy I want to to put in my lineup when he, like, he... Yeah, but I'm not saying that either. Huh? I, I understand saying you're saying either. the defense trumps that. I'm saying it's really hard for a manager to say the defense trumps that, but, I like... You know what? I'm not worried about the offense right now. He does I it just with want Nick the Madrigal defense. at third base every. Here, I'll just say out loud what we're really getting at. I think there have been some really poor playing time decisions over the last month. Who are and you I think playing the root at third of it base? Is, I, that's not the <laughs> point. I I would be playing Nick Madrigal. That's right. my point because the defense trumps. That's no, what I'm there's saying. There's nobody else. That is it's what not I'm like saying. There's offense to trump that. Patrick Wisdom isn't like putting up monster numbers. He only does it against Actually, certain pitchers. Not enti- he only puts it up against ac- certain accurate. pitchers. It was it, the decision was helped by the fact that Jamer Candelario has yeah. quietly stunk. But the point being, I do support Nick Madrigal being the third baseman because he's so good right. defensively. I just don't think that that's the right comparison. But even setting that aside, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to write this up. I shouldn't shouldn't spoil it. But okay, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that this that what's happened is on David Ross. That's not what I'm saying. I do think there's a conversation to be had about what is the best direction going forward. I do think we've reached that point where it's we, there should at least be a conversation. But I do not like I'm 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 hot. I'm hot about the notion that Going back to when Alexander Canario came up, and I'm not talking about playing him because I don't, you know, he might not have been ready either. But the way that was discussed was, I'm going to play the guys that got us here. I got to play the, the their bench is depth, whatever. I got to play with the guys that got got me here. Okay, yeah, maybe I could see that. But then in the same breath, not three days later, I got to look at the dates. This is what I'm writing about. David Ross is saying, hey, you know, yeah, we, we, we struggled a little bit. This was um, I for, this was the end of the course trip. We just finished 27 games in 27 days. Guys are tired. It's really hard. Yeah, they're fucking tired because <laughs> nobody got a day off. Do you know the core guys? Do you know how many days off they got during the 27 games? You know how many games they sat? Zero. Zero. So you do not get to say, this was really tough. This was really tough because we had 27 games in 27 days and they're wearing down. Da, 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 da. Well, 
It's not like you had to. It's not as if you couldn't have given someone a break. It's and we know run. it's the stretch run. Yeah, I, I get the but, quote, but, but you're not sitting there those guys. Ma- Don't I'll, sit those I guys. I would you. criticize him more for sitting his best guys in that moment I when wouldn't. it's the stretch run. I, I, sure I understand you would you know who said, but, but I you know would. Like, guys? I don't think you sit your core guys in the stretch run. I get you want them to get a get a rest, but that's looking at it now. Like, Dansby Swanson, everybody's I, criticizing it, all of a it's sudden. It's not they, looking at it now when I was saying it yeah. three weeks ago. I, I don't think they I look tired. I was writing about these guys need I, a rest. I don't think they look tired. I think they're just not coming through with moments. Uh, people are saying Dansby Swanson looks tired. I don't think so. He, he's hitting the ball hard. And he made a couple defensive miscues in the sense that he shouldn't have thrown to second when Corbin Carroll was on first base. And I don't really know what happened in that whatever inning that was, 14th, 13th inning with the ball that went off uh, Wisniewski. That that was weird, and I still don't fully understand it. But other than that, like, why are people saying Dansby Swanson looks tired? He's hitting the crap out of the ball better than he did in it, most of August. So, like, he doesn't look tired. Not at the plate. He looks fine. Uh, there's... I'm not. I'm not sure who needed a break. Maybe Bellinger, but then you're taking out your best bat. Ian Happ's been good. Ian Happ's looked good, not defensively, obviously, with that play that he made in Colorado. Uh, I mean, maybe Morrell. I'm not sure who 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 needs this break. Nico Horner, who's been hitting well. Um, Jan Gomes, who came up with the one clutch hit all road trip. I just don't know who who needs a break of these regulars, right? Those are the regulars that uh, say he's been hot. Like so, all the guys that are regulars. They haven't. They're not the ones that are like that the are numbers causing don't, this issue. I, I can't. We can't. We can't do it on the podcast. But I'll be writing it up. Bellinger's the, the numbers one generally. That, Bellinger's the only. They one. don't support. Swanson got no, hot it's not. after everyone. Bellin Swanson he, you're, got hot. You're wrong. He after everyone you are wanted wrong. them to. You sit. are remembering. <laughs> you are remembering a four game stretch where he was contacting the ball well, and he hit the ball and well. In, and in he Arizona. hasn't had a day off. He hasn't had a day off since June. Unless you can, like a planned scheduled Cubs game day off, he has not had. Well, wasn't one. he injured? And I understand that's his thing. I understand that's his thing. But you want to look at his numbers in that stretch? Yeah, they're bad. Not but great. then he got hot again. He's been because the, the ball, margins, <laughs> because the margins for error when you have a roster like this that is not a loaded roster, and we know this game, this sport at the highest level, the difference between good and bad is just tiny. And also, it's just a I tiny, mean, tiny. Also, he's, he's the one. Like if you sit him your defense downgrades significantly, right? So it's it's like, it's the same Pete Crow Armstrong talk. Lose the battle right? to win, win the war, and they're losing the war. Yeah. So it's like... It's, I just don't think he's to... gassed because I think he's hitting the ball well. He didn't come up big in a couple situations. There was a runner on third, less than two outs that he should have driven the guy in, right? I get it. Like, there's moments... I just don't think it's like that's Cody's the Cody's the main one, by the way. Yes. That, Bellinger need, I'll be Bellinger's looking, a mess. I don't five, know, I don't know if that's rest or what, but it, like yeah. he's... It's also he got those a, DH starts because Ross said he's dealing with some bumps and bruises. Yeah. And it's like, especially in hindsight, but I, again, I was saying this in foresight. You look at that and it's like, give the guy a day. Then. I get like, it. I get what you're saying. I just think it's really tough to do that in this at this point in time. Like sitting guys when you're like fighting for that playoff spot, you can sit when you when the season's over. You can sit when. Yeah. And your team will be worse for it. And you'll collapse maybe. in September like they I, have. That's fair. Like, that's what's happened. So that's fair. I just don't I, – I, I won't sit – I don't think sitting your core guys is a smart move when when you're trying to fight for a playoff spot. But I get what you're saying. Here, I'll turn I it around. I'll turn it around on myself. I'll dump on myself with one point. You know who did always rested his guys throughout the season? He picked a day, and he'd rest his guys, and he did get crapped on for it. But he'd pick, like, an off day, and then he'd give a guy yeah, Joe a Madden day off next to it. Joe Madden did it. 
And you know what happened in 2019? They collapsed down the stretch. So, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. But Brett, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm totally... Not, ultimately, nothing I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, I can't wait for the statue outside of Wrigley for the walk that Pete Crow Armstrong drew against the Rockies. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> but I do think this gets to the... Yes, the broader two, two sack bunts point also. of like... Of no, like, he failed on one of them. <laughs> that's oh, right, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that was the real reason. That's the real... That is the real I, reason. I do think some of, like, what... Ross says when Marquis re- is recording every pregame and every postgame thing on TV, like it's sort of gibberish sometimes. Like he, his yeah. job is not to be a lawyer <laughs> to make a Absolutely. compelling opening statement and like thread the needle and then do this brilliant closing statement. Like there the Cubs right to hold. He has to say some stuff on camera and like he's generally informative and helpful, but like. I think pinning too many quotes to him here and there is probably not the the best way, but I to, I I get what you're saying. Um, ultimately, it just has to work, right? So like, it doesn't matter what you say if you uh, win the games. And I do think this gets to a broader point of like, like is this team that good? Like, I mean, clearly, you know, they need to do something at third base, they're either going to have to re-sign Bellinger or replace his production uh, in different ways. Like, I don't look at that lineup card and the names in the bullpen and think like, hmm, okay, like, got a lot to work with here. Like, And for me, that's not even really making excuses for Ross as much as I'm curious, like, it's really hard to tell where, like, the front office, I've said this before, the front office ends and the coaching staff begins, right? And so a lot of what Ross does is what the front office gently suggests or is, you know, shaped by information presented by the people upstairs. And, you know, for now, it feels like they're all kind of in this together. I mean, I do think that there are individual decisions throughout i mean this is what some jed hoyer said to me like in may or even april when some of this stuff popped up he's like you know me and theo would sit in the box and argue about probably thousands if not millions of decisions over the course of our career like that's what baseball people do that's what fans do that's what reporters do um but this is just a very inopportune time to kind of leave you and your staff open to second guessing on stuff like We'll never know. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. And that's where I also have to be honest, too, that for as hot as I might get and as as firmly as I might make a point, even I know deep down, a lot of this is ultimately unknowable. A lot of it is informed by information we don't have. A lot of it is uh, someone outside the game looking in and trying to evaluate on the basis of decisions that may have been guided in, in ways that I don't understand. Or uh, if I had, you know, a, a better scope to those things, I might have a, a better understanding. Um, so I do, you know, I don't, I, I hate, I hate to affix the, the, the lasers on any one person in these situations, especially because, um, even if 
even if this like bad stretch, this this two and eight stretch that maybe winds up sinking the season, even if it were ascribable to de- decisions David Ross made, like even, let's say it was a hundred percent because he didn't rest guys because whatever this and that. Well, what about the rest of the season? I think it's pretty clear that he sussed out some great performances from guys. I actually think the bullpen usage got to a really good place. I think guys are very motivated to play for him. So even that conversation is a nuanced one. That That's why I say I don't really get quite in yet with the folks who are like, David Ross, he's, you're out. That This this was it. You know, If they missed the playoffs, he's got to go. Well, you know, part of the reason they were in the playoff discussion in the first place was be, in part, I think, because of his performance this year. And so I think it's a little eager to, to, to dump a guy um, but I do think that that has to be a conversation in concert with an entire top, top down of like, okay, what were the successes this year? What were the failings? What could we have done better uh, in April and May? Cause April and May mattered just as much as August and September in the final accounting. So that's, that's the thing is, uh, yeah, that's also why I hate like debate shows. You know, we, we never, we never go, we never fire back and forth like this because in part, once we're done, I'm kind of like, yeah, but I don't know. Well, there's not. There's I mean, not even my argument. I think I would still have given Pete Armstrong a start, at least in Arizona. So I'm just trying to give like his thought yeah. process here more than anything. And I think the biggest thing we need to remember when we talk about managers nowadays is it's not about just purely in-game decision making, right, or lineup construction. A lot of these things are talked about for hours on end between games between the front office and the manager. How often are they on the same page? And do you believe there's someone out there that you can hire that's going to be on the same page with you more often than the person that you have? That's why Joe Madden's not in this spot. Everybody can talk about, you know, if he's a better manager than than David Ross or not. He wasn't on the same page with the front office. And that last that happened in Anaheim as well. He's just not fit for this type this era of baseball right now, right? It doesn't work. Not with these types of front offices. Maybe there's a front office that still exists that could handle a manager like him, but for the most part, no. Like that's not how it works anymore. And until we know that they're just not on the same page and they like there's way too many disagreements, I don't really consider him on the hot seat. You can disagree with things all you want. I think sometimes people, uh, you know, take a quote and twist it and think that this is like, well, Jed Hoyer said this and David Ross said this. I think what Patrick said is spot on. David Ross isn't a public speaker. He's like a motivational guy for his players. Like baseball players love him. Like former ball players love him. They really see something in him where he gets the most out of them. He motivates them. I've talked to people about this. Like, not just the current players, but, like, other former players. And when they when he talks, like, one-on-one or in a group setting where the cameras aren't there, like, the players get fired up. They like what he has to say. It's very different than Joe Madden presenting a bunch of uh, art pieces in spring training and showing and explaining what they mean to the to the to the team and 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 how like you know and his philosophical like leanings in baseball like I'm not saying Joe Madden's a bad manager I'm saying like he connected differently and and they needed something different uh after Joe Madden and he connected with the group in a way that just wasn't happening anymore uh whether he's making enough good decisions is certainly up for debate uh 
I just don't know if it's up for debate in the front office. That's all that matters. Like we can nitpick moves here and there. Are, do, is the front office saying like, you know what? We understand this. We've gone over this. We understand why this guy's batting here. We understand why this guy's sitting. We understand why this guy's being called up in the bullpen in this moment because we've talked about it a thousand times. And we understand it. And we understand that some of these are 50-50 decisions. There's slightly more here. But we understand David Ross likes to go with his gut and he explains it to us. Whatever it is, whatever it is, there's likely some sort of uh, agreement there. And until there's not, it's just not really something that's on my radar as far as him being let go and and granted it could be getting there maybe there's been enough in the past month or two because this is the heat of a pennant race and these matter even more these decisions become more scrutinized and the front office is like we're off we're not on the same page enough and this is and we believe it's costing us uh two wins you know over the past two months and that that's enough for us to be like nope sorry we need to be on the same page uh i haven't heard an inkling of that yet so until we do, we, we have to kind of look at this in a different way. Um, other than that, you know, win games. There's some crappy teams coming up. Beat them. How about that? Like, how about how about the players just step up and, and hit a home run with the man on base and, <laughs> and, and like, get a few shutdown innings? Uh, I, I think that's, that's the bottom line now. It's, it's on everybody. I'm not absolving Ross. Ross uh, has, has his fingerprints on this team as well. So, uh, like, everybody just needs to get their crap together and play better baseball and, and put the best lineup out there and, and make sure these starters aren't gassed or, or exposed now, especially the young guys. I'm, I'm a little concerned with the young guys in Assad and Wicks. Uh, we didn't even talk about Stroman. Don't know what the hell is going on there, and I guess we'll find out soon enough if he's going to be stretched out to yeah, be a starter. He, but I think it When I think he it came into the second game, yeah. it was, I was like, what? Yeah. All right. guess we'll yeah. see. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, Mooney, I don't know if you had anything else for rap, but I was just going to wrap with, ultimately, none of this absolves the players themselves, of course, because even if you made the argument, ah, you know, they were a little worn down, a day here or there might have kept them fresh. I mean, ultimately, they are still professionals that want to be out there, 162 games, and their impact on game outcomes is massively, massively more important than anything anyone else uh, that touches upon the games can have. And this month comes to the worst hitting team in baseball with runners on base by a lot. And it's, it's really ugly. They're quite good with nobody on base. They've, <laughs> they've been quite good. Uh, but, but they have literally been the worst team in baseball with runners on base. And uh, you know, it, that is not something that's just on a manager. You know, that's, that's a lot of guys that aren't performing when the game can be swung. And that's, that's the, that's the story of it. I will say, I think the hardest part about managing is having the charisma to be able to command a room full of millionaires, multimillionaires, guys who think they should be millionaires. <laughs> like you're constantly pissing off these kind of individual contractors who have a very short shelf life to make uh, a huge amount of money or go back out into the workforce with like no other applicable skills. Like it's, you have ownership, you have a front office, you have a media to deal with. Like, I think you kind of see that maybe now uh, with the White Sox, how hard it is to kind of like, kind of herd all of these different things and kind of keep the peace and, and make different compromises without totally losing your identity. And I do think David Ross's demeanor is probably perfect for when the Cubs show up on Tuesday at Wrigley. 
uh, if the clubhouse opens, whatever, two or three o'clock for the media, like they'll be going about their routine, just like any other game. And that ultimately, I think, is the strength of David Ross and what will bind him with this front office for uh, a while now. I mean, obviously, he's under contract, but I just think that, you know, we've joked before about like, you know, Jed Hoyer should put on a uniform and manage the team. Like, it's not as easy as it looks. And I think it's just to, to have that kind of gravitas, that, you know, presence in front of the cameras, in front of the room, uh, is extremely hard to find. And if you don't have it, seasons like this go down the toilet in June. Yeah, maybe that's the... The, the extending the the window into September is is a reflection of um, the Cubs as a whole, including David Ross, being able to take an imperfect roster and keep it competitive. Maybe I'm doing the thing now that I was imagining Jed Hoyer at the end of the season saying, you know, hey, we were better than the projections. Well, it is true. I mean, it, that is true. <laughs> um, but <laughs> nevertheless, I'd still much rather see the Cubs uh, have a nice couple of weeks to end the season and maybe keep themselves in, in the postseason. Just 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 a thought on that. And I think it certainly it's more can fun happen. when we argue too, Brett. I mean it's <laughs> it is it's fun, but it's always one of those things, especially in a especially in a when I barely agree with what I'm saying, but that's fine. Well that's the thing is we're both like we are both uh interested in making like a point that's not necessarily our point, but is like the point. You know, like <laughs> right. I can argue this point. Um sometimes better for for the bar than, than a podcast, but hopefully that was I like it. You'll yell at me for, for daring to say that Pete Crow Armstrong shouldn't be hitting every day all the time. I think it's crazy that Sahadi <laughs> thinks PCA will never be able to hit in the major leagues. Like I just can't believe that he said those words and that I said, you know, that Mike Talkman is ultimately the villain of, of the 2023 Cubs. It is wild that we went down that road, uh, but that's what we do here on onto Waveland. Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Sahad Sharman, Patrick Mooney. Get theirs at The Athletic. Uh, we will be back at you uh, later this week as the Cubs uh, try to lick some wounds and turn this thing around, which, as I said, is still very much possible. It's not as if they are irrevocably sunk this year, but it will take a turnaround akin to what we saw at midseason with this team. So hopefully we do. Hopefully brighter tenor next time we talk. But if not, we'll just... We'll just go at each other. Maybe this will be an escalation for us as, as the team sinks. We get hotter and hotter uh, down down the stretch. All right. Take care, folks. Have a great one. Bye.